Anybody excited this morning? You ready for the next level? You ready for the next phase? Come on. Power comes in waves. That was one wave. We're ready for the next wave. Come on. Let's find our seat. Let's get comfortable. If you're just visiting, stay still right where you are. Don't worry about nothing. If you're not, not new here, then come on and write those people around you. Give them a hug. And give them a three or four word prayer. Say, God bless you. God touch you. God change you. Tell them receive today. Tell them be changed today. Come on, pray for somebody for the next 30 seconds. Let's go. Amen. Amen. That's the most some of you prayed all week. Praise God. Father, I just ask you right now, Lord, Father, we thank you, God, that you're already doing things. We thank you that you're already moving. We thank you, God, that you know what we need before we even ask. So, Father, I just, I just ask, God, that you would just drop discernment in our hearts today, God, that we would be able to receive truth. Father, bring revelation where revelation is needed. Bring wisdom, God, where wisdom is needed. Father, prepare us. Prepare us. God, let there be an awakening in us. Father, we receive your conviction. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. All right, listen, I need you to go like this. Everybody, go like this. Your right hand, you can bring this monitor down. Right hand, grab it, strap in. Let's go. Ready? We ready for the word? Amen. You strapped in. You can't get up. You can't move. Please, please notice the pilot has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. There should be no moving around in the cabin. It would be dangerous for you to get up and move around right now. It would be dangerous for you to text and be on your Instagram and, and receive. Unless Jesus is texting you, tell everybody else to just wait for a little bit. Amen? We've been doing a whole series on the church. And so for weeks, you, you've been hearing, we, we, you've heard from almost all the pastors in the church about doing church, about being church. And I love more than anything else that, that some of you are actually getting it. I love that some of you are actually getting it. You know how I know? Because your Facebook profile is starting to match the person that I meet on Sundays. <laughs> Woo! For years, I used to be so discouraged with social media because I'll meet these beautiful, holy people on Sunday. And they'll say, Pastor, that word touched my heart. Pastor, what a great message. Pastor, all oh, service was powerful. And then I'd see the same guy on the same profile on Monday. 
F this, F that, I don't care, I don't care, but this, blah, 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 blah. And, oh, and I said, man, the profiles don't match, but now I'm starting to see that the profiles match, and it's beautiful, it's the most encouraging thing I've ever seen, there's, there's some of you, 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 you watch it, you, you know, befriend people that are here, make friends with them, amen, I, ask somebody, that way you can hold each other accountable. I've seen how some of you post up, man, I'm feeling down today. I'm not, you know, I'm having a hard time today. And all of a sudden, 16 people that don't even really know this lady are posting, hey, sister, we're standing with you. Hey, we're here. Don't worry about it. And some people are putting long prayers. And some people are saying, I'm with you. Call me if you need me. And I'm saying, that's, that's, that's the church. That's the church. Amen. So we're, we're getting it. I love it. And these are people, you know, people that you just met, people you met two, three weeks ago, you know, a month, and they're encouraging each other on Facebook, man. That is the body of Christ, amen? So, so we've been talking about being the church and, and how, how many parts form one body, how we're all these different parts and we just walk together. I don't know why I'm pop-locking, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we're all part of this thing, this machine that moves, you know what I'm saying? The ecclesia, you heard an incredible word from Pastor Miguel last week about our origin, who we are in Christ. Amen? I love the way Paul says it in Ephesians 2.10. It's one of my favorite scriptures. We are God's handiwork. We're his workmanship. We're his artistry. We are God's artistry. Isn't that amazing? Listen, stop telling yourself that you're stupid, that you're dumb. Stop saying you're ugly. Stop saying, I don't like this, I don't like that. Listen, if there's something about you that you don't like, ask God to help you change it. And if you can change it, ask him to help you love it. Ask him to help you embrace it. Because we're God's artistry, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good things. That's what the word says. Look it up. Ephesians 2.10, where God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to do good things, to accomplish things that God prepared in advance for us to walk in. Isn't that an incredible word? That's a gospel mission, promise, the whole thing in one. We're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good. Listen, the older I get, the more amazed I am at the way God sets things up, right? How many of you ever planned a wedding? You've been part of like a wedding planning. I mean, you know, right? It could take, some of you take about a year. It could take weeks, months, a year even to plan this wedding. And, and we're planning this one event. And at this one event, we can plan it to death. We know the color of the napkins that are going to come out and the color of the rings that are going to be there. We know the color of the back of the chair that's going to go. We know what color lights are going to be in the place. We know if they're going to serve chicken and steak or fish or this. And, and we know we've tasted it. We've prepared it. We've arranged for a DJ to show up with equipment. We know exactly at what time we're arranging for the DJ to play exactly the song that we told them to play to create exactly the moment for that particular time, right? And there's all this planning and all this detail. It takes us all this time for one little six-hour day. But yet, the older I get, I'm starting to see how God, God can set something up in this season, something that we go through in this season, and 10 years later, we find out why. You know what I'm saying? 
Like we, we set things up and it takes us months to set up one event, but God will, God will give us a certain situation, a certain circumstance that we're in or something, and, and, and we won't understand that. Listen, church, you won't understand it when you're in the season. But sometimes 10 years later, <coughs> we say, oh, I see why. <laughs> Anybody had those moments? Oh, 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 oh my God, now I know why. I went through that and ended up doing this to end up doing that so that today, and I just get amazed at how God sets things up like that. Isn't it, isn't it incredible? Listen, God could set something up and 10 years later, he could, listen, sometimes we complain that we, God is late with something. Anybody? We say, God didn't come through for me this time. He didn't do what I asked. He didn't, he didn't, I prayed and prayed and prayed and God didn't do it. And then how many times, years later, we say, God, thank you that you didn't answer that prayer. <laughs> Amen? How many of you pray for that knucklehead that you wanted? God, God, make him my husband. God, if you do this, God, I'll never ask you for anything else. Just make this guy love me. Make him a Christian. Make him a good man. Make him faithful. <laughs> and then 10 years later, this dude is still drinking 40s on the corner. You're like, God, thank God. Thank God. Thank God you didn't, you didn't, thank God you didn't answer that prayer. Listen, receive that today. God ordained you to run this way, the way you're running today, before you could even walk or wipe. And you know what's awesome? When we start following God, the word says that he orders our steps. I love that. That means he'll make me run into somebody today that, that or, or, you know, 10, that 10 years ago I had. You understand the connect? Like, it's crazy. The stuff just amazes me. Even little silly things. Look, this is a, a silly one. I remember there was a prophetic word spoken over my daughters. This is when they were little teenagers, little itty-bitty, I don't want to hear nothing. Right? And, and God spoke a prophetic word over them. That, and, and I remember this clearly. Somebody, somebody said that, you know, these two, they're always going to be like one. They're always, no matter where they go, they're always going to be together. They're going to be like one. Well, guess what? Well, watch this. Silly. But, you know, my oldest daughter got married. She's no longer a Martinez. She's a Cruz. Well, my youngest daughter, who just got engaged, by the way, celebration. My youngest daughter, when she gets married, she'll no longer be a Martina. She's going to be a Cruz. See, so there's still going to be one. Isn't that crazy? I know that's silly. And, and the world says, oh, that's coincidence. Well, you know what coincidence is? Both their husbands are married, on, are born on the same day, the same birthday. That's crazy. I know they all look at over there like, What? I know it's crazy, but and we say, well, that's coincidence. And listen, you can call it whatever, but, but church, listen, side note, there's some seasons in your life that you're not going to understand until you're in another season. Amen? So in the couple of messages that I've shared with you so far on the church, let me give you these quick little highlights. I told you, number one, the church is never a building. The church is a people. Amen? And it's a people. It's not about getting, and, and, we should, and we can work on this building, and we can make this building better and bigger and expand and whatever. But it, we, we got to pour into the people, not the building. We should do things with excellence, and we should make this the best. You, you know what I'm saying? That's not, I'm not knocking that. But what matters 
What the church is, is the people. If we're building the people, then we're building God's kingdom, doing what he's called us to do. Another thing I told you, real church is messy. Amen? We saw that just a moment at the altar. Tears and mocos everywhere. (laughs) Real church is messy. Broken people are hard to deal with sometimes. Broken people hurt people. It's hard, amen? But God called us to be who we are for each other, amen? I told you the other week, real church is transformational. You cannot, cannot get a hold of the power of God, have it run through, I won't pop lock again, have it run through you and stay the same. You can't. You can't. You can't. If nothing's changing in your life, then ask, you, ask yourself, have I committed yet? Am I really following God or am I just one of those that hang out around the church? Because real church is transformational. And, and so what, what I want to talk to you about today, which is so funny, what I want to share with you today is that the local church is the hope of the world and the local church is unstoppable. <laughs> the local church is unstoppable. Say amen. amen. See, from the very beginning, the enemy has tried to take out the church. Now, I'm going to take you on a journey. We're going to take a trip. We're going to go Old Testament, New Testament, modern day. And I'm going to try to do it quick, but I need you to tighten up this seatbelt and stay with me. Don't be, you know, when you're taking like five or six cars on a trip, you're going to the beach or something, and there's always that one person that follows real slow and leaves all that room, and so people keep cutting. Don't be that person today. Stay close. Stay right there. Stay right. If I make a right turn, make a right turn. If I make a left turn, make a left turn. Do it quick. Stay with me. Amen? Don't let people cut you in. How are people going to cut you in? They're going to text you right now while I'm preaching. They're gonna, you're going to have an update. Oh, there's an update on Facebook. Let me check. No, no. That's people cutting you in. Right now, stay focused because if you get left behind, you're not going to get to the end where we're all going to end up at the end and it's going to be glorious. Amen? So stay with me. Here we go. Here we go. We're starting right here. Exodus chapter 1. Journey with me. We're traveling to Exodus chapter 1. Let me set it up for you. The time, so you understand what time we're in right now. The time is the time of Joseph and the favor of God that God gave him in Egypt. If you don't know that whole story, it's at the end of Genesis. Just kind of read through the end of Genesis and find the story of Joseph. But to recap real quick, he, God has made him the second in command. He's second in command to Pharaoh. See, God could use, God could touch an unbeliever and make him give you favor. Somebody, somebody just needs to hear that. You can leave. That's all you need to go. God can touch an unbeliever and give you favor in his kingdom. So, so Joseph is second in command to the Pharaoh. And God used the trials and the hard times of Joseph's life. That's a whole nother 16 messages. But God used the hard times to establish his people, Israel. Whenever God, the word talks about Israel, he's talking about the church. He's talking about God's people, okay? So, so stick with me. So, so the Israelites are living in Egypt right now. Because there was a famine throughout the whole land. And so God had already set these things up in motion to put Joseph in second in command so he can bring his brothers and bring his father and bring all the people of of Israel into Egypt so that they could have food, so that they could be supplied, so that they can grow because God was taking care of his church, okay? So that's where we are. So the Israelites are living in Egypt at this time because there was a severe famine. And God sets all this up because God's, God's thing is to ensure that his people never get wiped out. His people, Israel, will never get wiped out. Do you see that from then to right now, the enemy's still trying to wipe out Israel? This, this, I mean, when you read the word and see the news, 
That'll start tripping you out and make you start. See, the enemy's still after Israel. But God is always going to ensure that Israel will be unstoppable. Israel will be undefeatable. No matter what they've gone through, the and no matter what they've gone through, they will be undefeatable. Because that's a picture of God's church, who we are now engrafted into the church of God. And we're his people, Israel. Amen? Okay. <coughs> so, God's people are undefeatable. His church is unstoppable. So by this time, Joseph dies. So this is the time that we're in Exodus 1. Joseph is dead. A new king. But by this time, God's people, the church, they're fruitful. Man, they're so fruitful. They're numerous. The nation of Israel inside of Egypt is huge. There's a lot of them. But they're still living in Egypt. And a new king takes over. And the king didn't know Joseph and, and, and isn't with any of that. And all he sees is that Egypt is full of God's people, these Hebrews. And so this king says, man, that nation is too strong. Like any insecure leadership, he's worried that other people will rise up and take his position. Okay? And so he said, these people are too, they're, they're, let's put slave masters over them and let's deal shrewdly with them. In other words, let's break them. He said, there's too many of these people in our country, let's break them. And so he put slave masters. See, the greatest fear is that the church would realize, the enemy's greatest fear is that the church would realize who we are. And that we would see how strong we are and that we would walk in our identity. And so he tries to handicap us and oppress us and put limits on us. Amen? So Exodus 1.12, it says, the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and the more they spread. Oh, come on. This is getting exciting. Let's go. Stay with me. See, so, so he made their lives difficult. He made it extremely hard trying to break them. Listen, at one point, he tells the Hebrew midwives... Whenever there's a, a kid that's born, if it's a boy, kill it. How I many you know that's, that's drastic? That's drastic. If there's a boy, he told the midwives, because back then you didn't have, you know, emergency rooms and hospitals. There was a midwife to help deliver the babies. And so the Hebrews were slaves, so the Hebrew women were midwives to, to, all, to everybody, right? And they would help deliver the babies. This, he issued a decree, if the baby born is a boy, kill it. If it's a girl, let it live. You know why? Because they weren't scared of women back then. Because women had no power or authority to, in that culture. The enemy has always tried to take out the men. Because without fathers, a generation is weakened. Come on, get, come with me. Stay close. I got my blinkers on. Let some of you catch up. But, but here's what happened. The midwives, they feared God too. And so the midwives didn't do it. They, they, they weren't killing the boys. And so they got in trouble for it, and, but God blessed them, and the nation of Israel kept getting bigger and kept getting stronger. And so the king issued a final decree over the land. He said, every boy that is born must be thrown in the river. Every boy that is born is going to get thrown in the river. So the Pharaoh issued a decree. He said, kill all the boys. Can you imagine the president today? Issuing a decree that every hospital kill all the boys that are born. You know, man, I mean, let that weight kind of sit on you for a minute. This is serious. He issued a decree, kill all the boys. Okay, so it's Exodus chapter 2. Now we read about a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi. Just so you know, the nation of Israel was divided into 12 tribes. And the tribe of Levi was the royal priesthood. They were the priests. The word says in the New Testament that you and I, we are the royal priesthood. Oh, okay. That's a whole other one, but okay. So, so this couple from the tribe of Levi, they have a boy 
But they're not going to listen to what the man says. They, they're, men, they're men and women of faith, and so they hid the baby. And so they hid the baby for three months. This is the baby that will later become Moses. And so forget about what movies you're watching. Those movies are wrong. Read the word. The, these movies are scaring me to death because you people think you know the word when you watch these movies now. And people watch Noah and you think, yeah, there's these fallen angels that become rock people that help them build. No! That's not in the word. I don't know where Hollywood got that from. But you don't know the scripture unless you read the scripture. Don't watch the movie. The book is always better. <laughs> Amen? So anyway, they hid the baby because God gave them favor. And then when they couldn't hide him any longer, this is crazy, they had to give him up. And so here's what they did. They put the baby in a basket, but they, they lined the basket with bitumen and pitch. In other words, like a tar. And so they made the basket waterproof. And so they put the baby in a waterproof basket. And they put the baby in the reed by the banks where they knew that the Pharaoh's daughter always bathed. Come on, God gives us wisdom. He said we need to have wisdom, be wise as serpents, amen? So they put him in, in and then they sent Moses' sister kind of to stay along to watch and to see what happens, okay? So they put the baby there. Side note, sometimes you have to release the thing that is so precious to you and trust, and trust that God is going to do what's best. And you, you won't understand it in that season. Okay. So the Pharaoh's daughter sees this basket. She opens it up and she sees this baby. Oh, my God. Kuchi Kuku is so beautiful. Oh, my God. And she says, it's one of those Hebrew babies. And, and so the sister, who just pretending, you know, she was just walking in place. She was just pretending to be walking by. And the sister says, oh, um, do you want me to get one of the nurses to kind of to nurse this baby? And so the, the Pharaoh's daughter says, yes, go get me a, a nurse. To, and so she goes and gets the baby's mother. Oh, snap. You didn't know that was in the Word. There's good stuff in there. You got to read it. You guys should have all known that already. All right. So she goes and gets the baby's mommy and brings the baby's mother. Here you go. Here's, I found like a random nurse to, to, to raise this kid. And so the Pharaoh's daughter says, you, you nurse this baby for me and I'll pay you your wages. See, listen, listen, you, you could tweet this. I'll give you a minute to tweet this. See, see, when you trust God with what you couldn't hold on to, God will put handles on that thing and drop it in your lap. So mommy gets paid to nurse and raise her own son. <coughs> That's better than welfare. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's better than cheese. So she gets paid to nurse and raise her own son. Okay, so then she returns him to the Pharaoh. He becomes the son of royalty because he's, he's the Pharaoh's daughter's kid, you know. So he goes to the private schools. He has the best training. I mean, Moses is, is equipped. She called him Moses, by the way, because she drew him out of the water. She didn't realize she called him Moses because he was going to draw God's people out of bondage and out of captivity. Now, eventually, God will reveal to Moses his assignment as a deliverer of people from bondage. Moses goes on later to be one of the most talked about biblical heroes of his time. But that's not what we're talking about. Fast forward. We're jumping on another highway. Matthew 2. 
There's another king who's not that fond of God's people. There's another king. He's not a believer. He only believes in himself and he's only out for himself. His name is King Herod. What is the time? Here's the time of this Matthew 2. The time is when Jesus was born. This is the time that we're in right now. We've traveled to a place where Jesus was born. And he's born in Bethlehem. And the Magi from the east come searching. They come to Jerusalem searching for Jesus. I don't know where the Spanish people get three kings because it was Magi. There wasn't three of them. There were astronomers. There weren't kings. But that's a whole other cultural issue we get into. So they come from the east. They come to Jerusalem searching for Jesus. And they're asking people in Jerusalem, where is this king of the Jews that has been born? We saw a star in the east and we've come to worship him. And so when Herod heard that there's a rival king and that he's a king of the Jews, that he's a Hebrew, he, got, he was disturbed and he started asking, where's this baby? Who, who, where's this baby going to be born? Who is this baby? What do you mean a king? How can he be a king? I'm the king. And so he, he commissions the Magi. He calls them secretly and he says, listen, you go and you find out where this king is. And then when you find out where he is, let me know so that I can go and worship him too. So the Magi, they go and they follow the star. I love the imagery there because the Magi were astronomers. And God used the star to lead them to Jesus. <laughs> Come on, that's pretty poetic right there. That's why we don't have to worry so much about what people are into. Listen, listen, God will use whatever they're after to lead them to Christ. We just got to hold them up in prayer. We just got to stand and love them. God will use whatever they're following to lead them. You're a Capricorn, fine. Come to Christ. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring your Capricorn butt right to Jesus because that's what you need. You don't need your... Anyway, so he brings these astronomers. Is that another coincidence or a divine setup? Anyway. So anyway, they see Jesus, they meet him, they worship him, they bow down, they bring gifts. And then having been warned in a dream, they don't go back to Herod and they don't tell him anything. Later, an angel appears to Joseph and he says, go, take the baby, take the mother to Egypt and stay there until I tell you because Herod is searching for this child. Remember, they already know, they've already been told who this child is going to be. And he says, go, leave this place right now, go to Egypt, take, the, take the, your mother and take the baby because Herod is looking for this child. When the king hears that the Magi outsmarted him, the king issues a decree, kill all the boys in Bethlehem. Kill all the boys in Bethlehem and the surrounding suburbs. Kill every boy that's two and under. Can you imagine once again? If there was a decree by the president given to all the hospitals, to all the schools, to all the agencies that deal with our kids today, every kid under two should be killed. Every boy. Kill all the boys. Can you imagine the weight of that for a second? Once again, the enemy of God's people fears that another deliverer is coming. And so he says, kill all the boys. We have to stop. We, we killed the first one because the enemy knew that there was a deliverer coming to free God's people from Egypt. Now there's a, the enemy senses again that there's a deliverer coming. And so he issues a decree, kill all the boys. He's not worried about the girls because still at this point, the women have no power, no authority. And they pose no threat. They said, if we can take out the men, we'll take out any deliverer. 
will take out any redeemer, anybody that has the power to free these people. Just so you know, where's this? Where's Satan throughout all this? Let me kind of tell you that because whenever the word mentions an enemy of God's people, rest assured that the enemy of the enemies, that the main enemy is behind it. So the word says, let's, where is Satan at this point? Let's go Old Testament, Job 2.2. 2. The Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down on it. You know, ever since Satan has been cast out from heaven, he, he's the Lord of this earth. He's, he's walking to and fro. He's the God of this world. He's walking to and fro. Look at New Testament, 1 Peter 5.8. He says, be sober-minded and be watchful because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Listen, I don't tell you that to get you scared because you don't have to have any fear. You don't have to be scared. I'm just letting you know who's there. There's roaches on your trail. I just want to let you know. But it's a roach. Amen? He's a roach. So I'm not saying that to say, oh God, the enemy's roaring lion. No, so what? He's a roaring lion sin diente with no teeth. So don't be scared because Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor of God and then you'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. See, the enemy of God's people is always seeking to stop God's people. That's what we got to kind of get in our heads, amen? He's always trying to end God's plan. He's always trying to take out whoever has the power to stand for God. His time is short and he's He's not wasting time taking out little people. That's why I laugh at, at some people when they come to me and say, oh, the devil's been attacking me this week. What happened, puppy? I got a flat tire. My boss at work was angry at me. Do you think, do you, do you respect yourself that much? Do you think that highly of yourself? Let me un- let you understand something. The devil isn't God. The devil can't be everywhere at all times. The devil is one fallen angel, okay? He cannot be. He's not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. He's not all-powerful. He can only be one place at one time. Do you really think he's going after you, giving you a flat tire? I'm just saying. He's going after leaders and people who transform. Amen? He's going after people that that have the the ability to speak life into a group of people. He's going after people that have been transformed by the power of God, but the church is unstoppable. The plans of God are undefeatable. The power of God is undeniable. And the promises of God are unstoppable. Watch this, watch this. During Jesus' time, Satan entered Judas to betray and try to take out the deliverer. But Judas dies and Jesus is delivered from death when he comes back. The enemy's always trying to take out that which God has given us to lead us forward. Amen? Side note, one major reason why I believe and why we should believe that Jesus really did rise from the dead. When we read the scriptures, when we read the New Testament... The apostles, the disciples, they were a weak bunch of self-centered guys. Right? Amen? 
If you read the, read the gospel, they're always, well, Jesus, who's going to, who you like more? Well, Jesus, who's going to be first? Well, Jesus, who's going to sit on your right side? Can I go first? Can he go first? How come, how come you spend more time with him? How come you, and, and Jesus is all the time telling them, oh, man. Every time he comes to their rescue, he says, when are you guys going to believe? When they, so listen, I submit to you that the apostles weren't even saved yet. Blasphemy. <laughs> Blasphemy. Better leave this church. The apostles, they were followers of Christ, but they weren't even Christians yet. Because how many times did Jesus tell them, when are you going to believe? When are you going to believe? That's why, listen, it's okay if you don't consider yourself Christians. It's okay if you have doubts. It's okay if you're just kind of sticking around. That's okay because all the apostles did that right to the end. It wasn't until the resurrection that these men became men. It wasn't, that's why I believe the resurrection, because it wasn't until then that they were unstoppable. It wasn't until then that they received power and they walked in it. And everywhere they went, they got beat up. Every time they preached, they got stoned. I don't mean like stoned, I mean they got rocks thrown at them. Everywhere they went, there were rocks thrown at them. They were left for dead. They got put in jail. They got released from jail, and they would come out and tell people about Jesus. They got put in jail again, and in jail, they would bring the prisoners and the prisoner guards to Jesus. And you couldn't stop them afterward. What changed? Something had to change. That's why I believe the resurrection. Because something changed these men before they were weak and self They were very stoppable. The apostles were a lot like the American church. Oh, it's too hot in that building. I'm not going to church today. Oh, it's too cold in that building. I'm not going to church today. Oh, I went to church last week. I'm not going to go to church this week. Oh, I'm not going to give no money. They, have, they got plenty of money. Let them pay the rent. Oh, no, um, this guy, I don't like the way this guy greeted me. And the other day, they made me sit on the other side. I don't know who they think they are, but I don't, need to, I'm, I don't have to go to that church. The, the American church is very stoppable. All it takes is a little rain, a little cold, a little discomfort. I don't like the seats in that place. I get crowded, then I got to sit with people I don't even know. God forbid. The American church is very stoppable. But after the resurrection, the apostles were unstoppable. Something happened, amen? One time in the book of Acts, this, this is cool. Listen, watch this. One time in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 5, they, they had caught the apostles again. I think it was Peter at this point. They caught him preaching again, and they had already told him to stop. And he said, who am I going to listen to, you or God? I'm going to listen to God. So you do what you got to do, but I'm going to keep preaching, right? And so they caught him again, and now they're holding him, and they don't know what to do with him. And they're having these meetings. And so this, this one of these Pharisees named Gamaliel, he was the teacher of the law. He was honored by all the people. He stood up in the Sanhedrin, and he ordered... Hold on, put these men outside for a minute and let's talk. And so he started talking to his people. Listen to what he says. He says, men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Verse 36, some time ago, Thetis appeared claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him, but he was killed and his followers dispersed and it came to nothing. So listen, there were other people in this time that claimed to be the Messiah. Do you know that? Throughout Scripture, there were other people that rose up and said, oh, I'm the Messiah. And people would follow them just like they do today. And, and what happened? They were killed and the movement stopped. So he's saying there were status who appeared. They're just giving us two here. And 400 people rallied to him. So he had a pretty good following. That's bigger than this church. 
400 people followed this guy, but then he died. All his followers dispersed, and it came to nothing. After him, there was this man called Judas the Galilean, and he appeared in the days of the census, and he led a band of people in revolt, but he too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. So he says, therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. He's talking about Peter and John. He said, let them go. Because, listen, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it's going to fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men, and you will only find yourselves fighting against God. This is one of them talking to them. See, the enemy has always tried to stop the church. Okay, tighten up. We're moving again. Last place I'm going to take you to, modern day. The time, remember we went to the time where Moses was born. Then we fast forwarded to the time when Jesus was born. Right now, the time is 1973. You follow? Modern day, we don't have kings. We don't have pharaohs. But if we're going to find the equivalent, who makes the laws? Who makes... Who decrees the laws, right? It's the presidents and the court system. Listen to me. 1973, the Supreme Court issued a landmark decision in a case named Roe versus Wade, making it legal to kill unborn children. Stay with me. I'm not going political. I'm not, I'm not worried about where you stand on this case. Just stay with me a minute. So when Moses, the deliverer, was born, the king issued a decree, kill all the boys, in order to stop the deliverer. When Jesus was born, the king issued a decree, kill all the boys, in order to stop the Messiah from fulfilling the promise. Now, in those days, they weren't worried about the women, because again, the women had no power or authority to be carriers of the promise. But we're living in different times today. Women have power and authority today to affect change. Women have power and authority today to bring deliverance, to be carriers of the promise. Anybody, any of those in here today? So, so, so in our day, 1973, the Supreme Court issued a decree, kill all the boys and the girls. I submit to you for your reflection today. Who's he trying to stop now? Could it be that in our time, could it be that in modern time, in our time, it's not about one deliverer? It's not about one superstar? It's not about, it's, could it be that it's about a body of disciples? A body of disciple makers? Could it be that it's about one body, many parts? One church? Who is he trying to stop now? Church, God's promises are unstoppable. Worship team, come on, come on. It's time for the church of God 
to stand and walk in the promises of God. As if they were unstoppable because he's already proven that they are. How many of us have been stopped in the womb? How many of the body of Christ have been put down in the womb? Over 4,000 a day. Jesus said to those that walked with him then and to those that would follow later, one of the last things he told us, Matthew 28, they were gathered, and it says, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And I believe that's exactly, we're in the same time right now. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely <coughs> I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. 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 Now, family, since the time of the apostles, we've gotten it wrong many times. The early church has made some serious mistakes. We had the times of the crusades where, where the Christian soldiers would go and by sword put swords to people's throats and saying, accept Jesus, be a follower, or die. And those were atrocities done by the church, by Christians. Because we've gotten it wrong. People were forced, killed, they were made slaves, they were treated with horrible contempt. Even in our modern days, we've stood on street corners yelling at people, repent and escape the fires of hell while we gathered in our little churches and huddled and thanked God that we weren't like the sinners out there. Even in our modern day, we tried by coercion to convert people. Well, it's never been about convincing or coercing or about being so commercial that we would attract people. We've missed the point. The Word said God so loved the world that he gave his son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Family, I submit to you, instead of beating the Bible into people or pushing people into the kingdom, I believe God has called us to love the hell out of them. Amen. Love the hell out of people. That's our mission in this church. I think that's the mission of the body of Christ. Love the hell out of people. Everybody you meet, how do, you, how do we go and make disciples? Well, first of all, you have to be a disciple first. What's a disciple? A disciple is a follower. A disciple is a student of the word. This should not be the only time you hear the word. 
Sunday should just be a confirmation of what you're already reading. <laughs> the body of Christ for too long has been anemic. We've been weak. Because we get one shot on a Sunday and that's it. And half that time we fell asleep if the preacher's boring. Go and make disciples of all nations. We're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good work which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. The mission of the church is not to enlarge its membership. It's not to bring outsiders to accept its terms, but simply to love the world as God did and still does. I'll leave you with this last scripture, 1 John 5, 4. For everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Amen. Let's worship. Let's worship. Nothing shall be impossible. Ah, yeah. Your kingdom reigns yes. unstoppable. We'll shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, our God, unstoppable. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. sing this second verse and I want you to take this poem with you you're worthy Lord thank you Lord oh God you're worthy not 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 oh Freedom you've given to us, Lord. You haven't hidden anything from us, Lord. Worthy, worthy. So we say, freedom conquered, all our chains undone. She didn't defeat it, Jesus has overcome. And mercy triumphed when the third day dawned. See, darkness was denied when the storm was gone. Freedom saved, saved. 
freedom conquered, all our chains undone, sin defeated, Jesus is overcome, oh yeah, mercy triumphed, when the third day dawned, darkness was denied, when a storm was
Father, we thank you for your word, oh God. Father, because you revealed to us, Lord, who we are in you, who we've been fashioned by. We've been fashioned by your heavy hands, oh God. <laughs> Lord, if you have made us in your image, oh God, and you call the church unstoppable, Father, because you are unstoppable, oh God. So, Father, we open.